0: Amen. I'm Pastor Angie and I oversee the women's ministry here. My husband and I have been associates since 2004, since the beginning. And uh, what a blessing, what a ride it has been. If you don't know who I am, I know this is some, most of our regular, regular crowd. But let me tell you, Pastor Marcus didn't know what direction I was going in. And, uh, and he went right in the direction with the worship songs that we're going to go in. And uh, about a month ago, uh, when I was, I was needing to build a portfolio for school, because I'm in school right now, and, um, and I was going through some things that I have, and I knew exactly the direction God wanted me to go tonight. Now, I fought a little bit with it yesterday and um, tried to switch it up a little bit, and, and I couldn't get off of it. This was the way we were supposed to go. So we're going to talk about being careful for nothing. We're going to talk about being anxiety free, stress free, all of those things that honestly we as believers carry too much and God never designed us to carry that. He never, he's very clear in scripture and never designed for us to carry the weight of anxiety and the weight of stress, the weight of depression or heaviness or any of those things that try to come upon us. So we're going to talk about that. Tonight, So hook up with me. What you get out of this depends upon you greatly. It depends upon the anointing of God, but it also depends upon you drawing. And so you need to lean in and draw uh, from the word of God tonight. In 1965, Billy Graham said this. He said, historians will, will probably call our era the age of anxiety. He said that in 1965, and then he went on to say, anxiety is the natural result when our hopes are centered in anything short of God and his will for us. Let me say that again. Anxiety is the natural result when our hopes are centered in anything short of God and his will for us. Anxiety is a hot topic right now, and peace is a rare commodity. It is. Uh, I won't go into and I'm not gonna go into all the, the uh, mental health side of things, but we do talk about mental health in this church and because you have to be healthy mentally. And that's what it's about. The Bible talks more about mental health than any psychologist or any psychiatrist ever could. And so you've gotta be healthy mentally and that's how you'll succeed. Today in the United States, 40 million adults have an anxiety, some type of anxiety disorder. And in the the world, about 300 million, approximately. On college campuses, anxiety far surpasses depression or any other mental illness. Anxiety, it's everywhere. This comparison game causes anxiety the cares of life, which the scripture is very clear, will come and choke out the word of God from you. Anxiety, it's all around. And we as believers have got to know exactly what the word of God says about it so that we can guard our hearts against it. Uh, The Bible is clear, and I'm not going to talk about this right now, but about being transformed by the renewing of your mind, thinking on these things, casting down every thought and imagination that that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. But specifically, anxiety, it's rooted in fear. Anxiety manifests itself in worry, nervousness, unease, a lack of peace. Will God really come through? What, how am I gonna pay these bills? What are my kids uh, gonna do this year? How are they gonna deal with these situations? All these fiery darts that come at us on a daily basis. They can cause us anxiety. But do you know the Bible says that we can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one? All of them. Not just a few of them and not just, it's okay to be stressed a little bit here. No, the Bible's real clear about stress and worry and anxiety. So let's take a biblical view because we wouldn't do anything different. Let's take a biblical view of this. Go to Matthew chapter six, verse 25 through 34. Verse 25 says, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. In the new King James, it says, do not worry. Take no thought. Not five or 10, it says none. Take no thought for your life. What you will eat, what you will drink, for, yet for your body, what you will put on is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, neither do they gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? I remember when pastor preached a message called you're better than a bird, you're better than a bird. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? And why ye take thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, verse 31, take no thought saying. That's uh, not a surprise that it says take no thought saying because what's in you is gonna come out of you. So if you're worrying what's, what's the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is gonna speak. So it says take no thought saying. So when you're worrying, when you're stressed and anxious about many things, you will begin to speak those things out of your mouth. And the, the power of life and death is in your tongue. And we've got to get a, some self-control in this area, in this area. So it says, take no thought saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What are we, how are we going to be clothed? Now we're a pretty blessed nation. So most of those needs are, are met for us. But how about what are we going to do? How are we going to pay this bill? What do these people think of me? How are my kids going to do in school this year? Whatever. How am I going to perform at the job? Will I get that promotion? Whatever it is, it says, take no thought saying, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knows that you have need of these things. He knows, but we know verse 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Take therefore, here it is again, take therefore no thought for tomorrow. So three times he tells us, don't think not one thought about tomorrow. Not one, don't take no thought, take no thought saying, take no thought. In the, in the, the Passion Translation, it says, refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. So it says, take no thought, have no care. Don't be anxious about anything. Don't be troubled with cares. Don't be seeking to promote your own way, your own will or providing for yourself. The Bible says many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's God's purpose that prevails. We, we want to make our own plans and we have this financial plan or we have this, job plan or we have, whatever it is, do plan. I'm not telling you to be ignorant and I'm not telling you not to do natural things. Do plan for tomorrow, but don't you put your hope in that. You can make your plans and do what you need to do in the natural, whether it's job, financial, whatever it is, but your trust is in God. And if he wants to change up your plan at any time, yes, Lord, because he will. He'll change up your plan sometimes. And it's not what you thought, but God said he'll do exceedingly and abundantly above all you could ever ask or think or imagine. So you, you think you know what's good for your life? Oh man, he's way better than you are. Trust me, way better than you are. So trust him. So, so make preparations, please, but don't worry it and don't put your trust in those things. Don't worry, take no thought. Proverbs twelve twenty five says, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Yes. Let me read it in the Passion Translation. It says, anxious fear brings depression, but a life-giving word of encouragement can do wonders to restore joy to the heart. This proverb is saying, stop worrying, but instead... Focus your thoughts on things above and not on earthly things. Focus on him. Remember Reverend Crowell's demonstration. Our life is this little red piece at the end, but there's there's this eternity. There's all these things that we don't see. Put your treasures in heaven. Focus on those things. Keep your face like Flint. I'm not gonna be moved by what's happening down here. I hear you. I know your voice, God. And another, I'm not going to follow. I'm, I'm yielding. I'm listening to the Holy ghost, but I'm not going to be moved by anything that comes. I said last night when I went to bed, because I told you I was trying to wrangle about a little bit and switch things up. And I finally just, you know, walked out of the office and, and he asked me how I was going. I said, I don't have a care in the world. (laughs) Not one. I am not going to worry one bit. If I can't if I can't put this into practice, then, then, then I shouldn't even be up here. I'm not worried one bit, not one bit. And I went to bed praying in the Holy Ghost and got up and there it was, boom, 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 knocked out my notes just today. And so you gotta, sometimes your flesh wants to control, it wants to, I, I, got, I can't let go, I, I wanna hold on to this thing, I, I, I need to figure this out. No, you better let go and let God do it and say, no, I'm not gonna worry not one bit. Sure not, I'm just gonna trust him, put my focus on him and, and he said, if I'll seek him first and his righteousness, then all those other things will be added unto me. What does he mean when he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? It's not your righteousness. The Bible says your righteousness is like filthy rags. It's not what can I do to work this thing out? It's I'm seeking first the kingdom of God and my position in it. And my position in it is redemptive. He, he gave me his righteousness. I'm seated. The Bible says I'm seated in heavenly places with him. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that's named. Listen to what we've heard it so many times. Sometimes we go, okay, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Far above, listen, all rule, authority, power and dominion and every name that is named. I'm seated far above those things. Those things are under my feet. And so, you know, cancer has a name, anxiety has a name, stress has a name, uh, lack is a a name. Whatever it is, I'm seated in heavenly places. So if I just seek first the kingdom of God and my position in it, then uh, all those other things will be added. I did that uh, when when I knew I wanted a husband. I said, God, okay, I'm just gonna seek you first. And your righteousness, I'm learning about this. I was at Bible college. And God, you, you said you'll add into me everything that I need. You know who my husband is. You'll bring him across my pathway in the right time. I trust you. I'm not going to go seek after a man. I'm not going to go try to find one. God, you'll bring him. And God did. You got to trust him with everything. So this is the number one thing believers struggle with. Carrying stress, anxiety fear of the future, the cares of life. Listen, uh, the cares of life and worry and stress, it will kill you. Not to, not to be too harsh, but it will kill you. The, the effect of it on your body, stress and worry and anxiety, it'll hurt you physically. It does things to your brain and to your body that God never intended to happen to you. Let's go to 1 John four eighteen. 1 John four eighteen says, there's no fear in love. In the Amplified, it says, dread does not exist. The Bible talks about dread. We ought not to dread our jobs or dread going home or dread. Dread is a form of fear. So, so I trust, because I know I prayed over this service right now, that there's little areas that the Holy Ghost is saying, ah, you have a little bit of dread there. So there's some fear right there. Whatever it is, make the tweak, make the adjustment. Let the Holy Ghost show you what those things are. So it says, there's no fear in love. Dread does not not exist. But perfect, complete, full-grown love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who is afraid of God's judgment is not perfected in love has not grown into a sufficient understanding of God's love. There's no fear in love. There's no anxiety. When we understand God's love for us, his care for us, then we won't fear tomorrow. We won't be anxious for tomorrow. When we're worrying and and being in fear, we're not confident of his love for us. Let's go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14 says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. That word trouble there means anxiety or fear or dread. Jump down to verse 25. It says, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Verse 27, peace I leave with you. And my peace, I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you and let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. So it says, you don't let your heart be troubled. Not anybody else, but you, you don't let anxiety in. You don't let fear in. You don't let worry. in. you don't let your heart be troubled. You're the one that does that. You have the dominion over you, right? You are the high priest of your own salvation. So let's talk about how we do this. How do we do this, Pastor Andy? How do we get rid of this anxiety? I feel heavy. I feel stressed. The Bible in Ephesians 6 talks about different kinds of prayer. Pastor Marcy's taught about it. Uh, Different kinds of prayer. And, And honestly, we love the prayer of faith. We love that one because faith can move mountains, right? And so we, we can speak to that mountain, com- command it to move and be cast out into the sea. We love that prayer of faith. But if we don't understand the prayer of commitment, which is casting your cares upon the Lord, then you won't pray the prayer of faith and be in faith. Because you cannot speak to a mountain that you are worrying about. You cannot speak to a mountain that you are heavy in your heart about. You've got to first pray the prayer of commitment. In other words, God, I'm casting all my care upon you because you care for me. You care for me. So this prayer of commitment, it is, it is one of the types of prayers. Let's go to Psalms 55:22. Psalm 55:22 says cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. He'll never permit the righteous to be moved. It says, cast your burden. That cast is like a a violent throwing off. I'm not, I'm not laying it down and picking it back up. I'm not I'm not, okay, I'm giving it to him, but yet I'm talking about it again. This is, I'm getting it off. Get it off of me. I'm casting my burden on the Lord. And it says, he will sustain me when I do that. And he'll never permit the righteous to be moved. Let me read it in the Amplified. Cast your burden on the Lord, release it, and he will sustain and uphold you He will never allow the righteous to be shaken, to slip, to fall, or to fail. Cast your burden on the Lord. Tonight, we're gonna do that. We're gonna cast our cares upon God, whatever it is. And I know the Holy Ghost is talking to you even now. What is it that I've been stressed? What is it I've been holding on to? You know if you're free. You know, your heart knows. Who knows the the spirit of the man except the man himself? You know what's inside of you. Let me read it to you in the Passion, Psalm 55. So here's what I've learned through it all. Leave all your cares and anxieties at the feet of the Lord and measureless grace will strengthen you. Measureless grace will strengthen you. Let's go to 1 Peter 5, verse 7. These are scriptures that we've heard But listen, I know the Holy Ghost. And if he said we needed this tonight, then we needed this. And so don't don't go, gosh, I know that. I know that. Go, okay, I see it. There's some things that I've been holding on to. I need to release it tonight and let it go. I need to cast it off with force. First Peter chapter five, verse seven says, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately and he cares about you watchfully. Let me read in the Passion. Pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there for he always tenderly cares for you. Now that word care, casting the whole of your care, it means anxiety, worry, concerns, but it also means the distractions of life. Because all these distractions can bring anxiety to us. So all the many, many, many things that are coming at me daily, I have to go, God, I trust you there. God, I give you that Father, I'm led by your spirit. I know exactly what to do right there. I'm not going to pick that back up. I'll do what you say to do with that. So the prayer of commitment, casting your cares upon the Lord. Once you cast it, we're not taking a thought and saying anymore, right? We're casting that care. So let's look a little bit further on how to do this. Philippians chapter four, verses four through nine. We know this. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Why did he have to say it again? Rejoice. You've got to be able to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You can rejoice always, always. Even when you walk through trials, you're not rejoicing in the trial that came. You're rejoicing in the answer. You're not rejoicing in the sickness that's trying to come. You're rejoicing that healing is the children's bread. So you can rejoice always, all the time. Let your gentleness be be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Listen, listen. Remember, we already talked about do not worry. Take no thought. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with Thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. He's not done. He said, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, If there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. So he gives us a formula here. He says, be anxious for nothing, nothing, be anxious for nothing. But in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. So you're praying, you're giving him your need, your concern, your lack, whatever it is, you're giving that to him. You're saying, God, this is where I'm at. Here I am with, with this. Listen, David did it. David cried out to God. He poured his heart out to him. You can say, Father, I, here's this situation. This is what I'm struggling with. I'm laying this down. I'm casting it today. And I'm getting what you said about it. And I'm going to hold fast to what you said. And then I'm going to see change in that situation because of it. But, but, but oftentimes uh, we like to, um, you know, nurse those things. You know, and, and here we have a, a stress or a concern or a worry. And we feel like it's admirable to be concerned for someone or be worried for someone. No, you. there's nothing admirable about that because there's no faith in it. Right. Don't say I'm so worried about so-and-so. That's good. That's good. Don't ever say that because then you're not in a position of faith. But if you are worried, go to God and say, okay, I'm lacking in faith here. Here's the deal. Here it is. Here's where I'm at. And by prayer and supplication, I'm making my request known to you. And then with thanksgiving, I'm gonna say, thank you, Father God, for the answer. You're sending laborers across their pathway. You're meeting those needs according to your glorious riches. You're doing that. And so I thank you. And now, God, you said that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, it's gonna guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. And it says, the God of all peace is gonna be with me. He's gonna be with me. You can't skip, though. You can't just skip through and go, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, I've got it. When you're worried and concerned and holding on, to cares, you gotta cast it. You gotta. He's real clear. He said. He said, "Be anxious for nothing. Nothing. Not one thing." Our society, you know, our world is so gray and things. You know, this is okay, and you know, I have a stressed dog that I need or, you know, whatever. There's, there's all these different kinds of things going on, but the Bible is clear. If we make justifications for our pain, justifications for our worry, justifications for our anxiety, then you'll stay right there. You'll stay right there. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that you're going to, nobody said, God didn't even say that when you go into the kingdom of God, that you're going to, you know, just twinkle through the tulips. He never said that. He said, you're going to face trials of many, many kinds. You're going to face them, but you know that the testing of your faith, it develops perseverance in you. So that why? So that you're mature and complete, not lacking anything. So when the trial comes, if you want to cry and, and, you know, adults throw fits, throw a fit and, you know, have a a pity party, whatever you want to do, then that's where you will stay. You've got to learn to say, I'll be anxious for nothing. I'm not going to worry one bit about this. God, here's my request and give it to him. Psalm 34, four says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. All of them, all of them. That's why he came. Let me read this from Isaiah 53, verses four and five to you. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted but he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. Listen, the chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes, we are healed. By his stripes, we're healed, but by the chastisement that he went through, we we received his peace. Not circumstantial peace, not not just a feeling that feels good. I'm talking about God's peace, peace that comes from him. And in the NIV, it says the punishment that brought us peace was on him. Redemptively, we have this peace to say that you can't have peace in life is really trampling the blood of Jesus underfoot. To say that you can't live in this situation without anxiety is really saying that what God, what Jesus did on the cross wasn't good enough to give you peace in the midst of your storm. Was it good enough or wasn't it? What God did supplied everything that you need. Everything that you need. Your peace was bought. He took the place of your mental anguish. He took the place of it. The Bible says we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. So when we know the chastisement for our peace was upon him, let's look at real quick. We know Deuteronomy 28 lays out the blessings and the curses. Okay. And in the new Testament, it tells us we've been redeemed from the curse. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. So I'm just gonna read a few verses of the curse um, and then I'm probably gonna read the blessings. But Deuteronomy 28 verse 27 says, the Lord will smite thee with the botch of Egypt. And I don't know what a botch is, but I know that I'm glad I'm redeemed because that does not sound cute at all. And with the emeralds and with the scab and the itch, that sounds gross too. Whereof thou cannot be healed, the Lord shall smite thee with madness. Madness. There's a lot of madness going around. The Lord shall smite thee with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart. And thou shalt grope about at noonday as the blind gropes in the darkness. And thou shalt not prosper in thy ways. Verse 66 says and thy life shall hang in doubt before thee, and thou shalt fear day and night, and shall have none assurance of your life. Those are part of the curse. And the scripture says we've been redeemed from the curse. We don't have to have doubt, we don't have to grope about in darkness, we don't have to have the botch, thank God. We don't have to have fear day and night, We don't. We don't have to fear and have anxiety day and night. Now let's read the blessings just because we can. The blessings, verse one. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Did y'all hear that? Did anybody hear that? Y'all stand up, stand up, stand up. I feel like we ought to be like, yes, tell me more, like, ugh, these are the blessings of God. You can't just sit there and go, all right, this said it'll come upon you and overtake you. So when I read these blessings, I want you to go, yes. Those are mine. That one's mine. Go ahead, Pastor Angie. Yep, go ahead. That one's mine. That one's mine. Go ahead. Grab it. Get it. So It says, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Because you obey, listen, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God, blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body. Yes. yes, the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds. Yes. The increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Yes. Blessed, somebody say, I don't have any cows, I ain't saying yes. yes. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Yes. yes. Blessed shall you be when you come in. Yes. And blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face and shall come out against you one way and flee before you in seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself. Just as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord, your God and walk in his ways, then all peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will be afraid of you and the Lord will grant you plenty of goods. Plenty. Say, I got plenty of goods. I've got plenty of goods. Plenty of goods in the fruit of your body. Oh, wait, I didn't keep reading. In the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, in the land which the Lord your God swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations but shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only, only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and be careful to observe them. So you shall not turn aside from any of the words that I commanded you this day, to the right or to the left, or go after other gods to serve them. Every day, choose life. Every day, choose life. You can sit down. I have a couple more scriptures. Every day. The Bible says, today I've said before you, life and death. Choose life so that you can live and prosper in this land that he gave you. Every day, those blessings are for you right now. So if you go, "Mm, I'm really not above and not beneath in that area, I need to get on that. I'm really, you know, whatever it is that you recognize, okay, I need, I need to grow in that one I'm going to put that on my mirror. I'm going to begin to speak that one out loud. Every day you have a choice. Isaiah 26, three says, you will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Colossians 315, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were called in one body and be thankful. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30 says, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle. And lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Proverbs one i I'm just gonna fill you up real quick before we go. Proverbs one thirty three says, But the one who always listens to me will live undisturbed and in a heavenly peace. But the one who always listens to me will live undisturbed in a heavenly peace. Free from fear, confident, and courageous, you will rest unafraid and sheltered from the storms of life. Amen. Let me read it in the New American Standard. But he who listens to me shall live securely and will be at ease from the dread of evil. We're not dreading that something bad is gonna happen. We're not fearful that something's gonna happen to our family or our kids or our finances or our job. That's fear, that's dread. It says we, don't, we will be at ease from the dread of evil. Isaiah 35, four says, say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong and do not fear. Be strong and do not fear. Isaiah 41, 10, fear not for I'm with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you, yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Let me read to you Philippians 4 in the, in the Passion real quick. Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let joy overflow for you are united with the anointed one. Let gentleness be seen in every relationship for the Lord is ever near. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about anything. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day offering your faith-filled request before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. Follow the example of all that we have imparted to you and the God of peace will be with you. Let me read to you Jeremiah 17. I'm gonna read verses five through 10. It says, this is you, thus says the Lord. This first part is not you, but the next part is. Cursed is the man who trusts in and relies on mankind. So it's saying, trust, it's saying cursed is the man who trusts in his own strength or any, any, other, any other person making weak, faulty human flesh his strength and whose mind and heart turn away from the Lord. For he will be like the shrub in the parched desert and shall not see prosperity when it even comes, but shall live in the rocky places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Blessed, this is you, with spiritual security is the man who believes and trusts in and relies on the Lord and whose hope and confident expectation is the Lord. For he will be nourished like a tree planted by the waters that spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaves will be green and moist. And he will not, listen, he will not be anxious and concerned in a year of drought, nor stop bearing fruit. So it's saying the man who trusts in God, he's like the the tree planted by the waters and and the roots go down real deep. And so it doesn't matter when heat comes or a storm comes or whatever comes, that righteous man or woman is going to be steadfast and still bear fruit. Even when it's dry, even when there might not be any rain, that righteous person should still be bearing fruit in that season. Now, Pastor Marcus, you can come. I wanna close with Psalm 23. Uh, Reverend krauss said this uh, about the Psalms and he mentioned uh, Psalm 23. He said, you know, Psalm 22 is prophetic of Jesus's death. And Psalms 23 is us right now and where Jesus is right now and the kingdom of God right now for us. And Psalm 24 is prophetic of the millennial reign. So I wanna end right here with Psalm 23 and and, and just talk about it for a second. And I want you to be processing what cares you may have. And you feel free at any moment uh, to come down and symbolically lay them at the altar. Release them, let them go. It may, I'm gonna read Psalm 23 and I may read another one, I'm just gonna follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. But when I was uh, studying today, we're not gonna sing it, but but when I was studying that, that song, dance like the weight has been lifted, kept coming up in me. And some of you, after you, after you pray the prayer of commitment or cast your cares upon the Lord, you need to maybe go home and dance like the weight has been lifted and and give God a praise in your house. Plead the blood of Jesus in your house and talk to those things that are dead and dance like there's no heaviness. There's no weight in your house. Psalms 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want... He makes me to lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Remember, it's just a shadow. It's not the real thing. It's just a shadow. I can see my shadow down here. It's not the real thing. It's just a shadow of death. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will be anxious about nothing. I'm not going to worry not one bit. When I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear nothing. No evil. For God, you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And you anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Surely, verse six, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Listen, the first time I listened to Brother Hagin talk about this Psalms 23, I was in my car driving to casting your cares upon the Lord. And he started talking about, you're seated at the table in the presence of your enemies. So you're seated in heavenly places with Jesus, far above, you know, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and your enemies are there. They're there. They're there and they're talking and they're saying stuff to you. But it says, God prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So they're there and they're talking, but I don't have to listen to them. And I can just sit at the table, I'm spitting everywhere. I can just sit at the table and say, pass me a bowl of victory.